Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NBA Today. I'm Corbin Ford. Follow me at CorbinNBA. Follow the fine folks at HoopBall at hoop-ball.com and on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. I'm sorry, y'all. I can tell you from the get, just keeping it 100 with y'all, this is going to be a very short episode. Um, I am just beside myself with everything that's been going on over the last two days that is just bigger than basketball. You know what I mean? And... It almost feels wrong sometimes doing a podcast that talks about basketball, loving basketball as much as I do, you know, while we have protesting all over Wisconsin after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. This is something I try to look past in a, in a way of, you know, keeping it for the show and keeping that same energy. But as a black man, I just can't, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I've seen so much on Twitter about oh he shouldn't have been resisting or oh he was should have listened to cops yeah you know what there's nothing I can think of literally uh, aside from maybe shooting back that warrants seven bullets to the back nothing nothing I'm not even gonna go over the philosophy of uh, or police strategy or whatever the hell you want to call it about having the guy by his back of his shirt already and what you could do in that scenario that doesn't involve pumping him up with bullets uh, in front of his children I'm not gonna even get to that I just I don't know. I think George Hill said it best sometimes, and this is his own personal opinion, and one I had momentarily when the bubble was first started, which is that, you know, there's only so much an athlete can do in the bubble. Right now, they're using their voice. That's the biggest thing they have. LeBron spoke passionately about it. You know, the Bucks, all the players spoke, their coaching staff. You know, this has been something talked about, but enough is enough. And this is happening now in spite of all that is going on in the bubble. Everything in Orlando... I mean, how many Black Lives Matter shirts do you need to see? How many signs? How many posters? How many ch- just marches, chants? Everything. It's, it's. I don't know. Just the systematic blindness that nothing is wrong. And whenever they're faced with it and it makes them uncomfortable, they just turn a blind eye. It is sickening. I am proud that working with Hoopball, I feel supported as a black man, that my thoughts do matter, that these injustices are just that injustices. And that, as much as this game is, is huge for all of us, it's hoop ball after all, y'all. You know, there are things that are just bigger and, and need that light. And this is one of them. It's scary. I mean, uh, you shouldn't have to just have, you know, 4.0 
all the way through college and never once gotten in trouble and you know looked both ways and crossed your t's and dodged your eyes and and made sure you were walking straight and all these other crazy scenarios in order to avoid being killed by the police on a daily basis i mean you can imagine the scenario running away there's a killing for that you know talking back there's something for that it's ridiculous it's it's ridiculous and i'm quite frankly i've just had enough i'm just so over today i'm just so over this i just really am and because of that, I apologize that I don't have the strength to, to give a full full episode. I was planning on breaking down some more of Philadelphia, um, the 76ers situation, and then kind of going into a fun thing I did where I found the, the top, like, three or four off the top of my head wonkiest teams that, you know, people actually thought would work. And, you know, what? the good news about this is that it's NBA today, so there's always another day to be able to talk about this, and, and I will get into this. But for now, we're, we're going to break down the games, and we'll just kind of go from there. We had two teams that were pushed to the brink, uh, both number eight seeds, the Portland Trailblazers and the Orlando Magic as the number one seeds in both scenarios, obviously the Los Angeles Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, figured out what adjustments they need to make and, and in short order executed them. Uh, on the Lakers side, it was a devastating attack from the beginning. Lakers just ran all over the Blazers from the opening tip, the Blazers looked simply out of gas to compete on, on, on tonight. And it was Mamba Night, 8-24. Lakers wore um, their their Kobe-inspired jerseys, uh, uh, their their Kobe jerseys with um, their um, the, the patch for his daughter, Gianna, the black Mamba jerseys. And they had a heart-shaped number two patch. Um, remember that both Bryant and his daughter were lost in January. Um, and it would have been his 42nd birthday on Sunday. And the, the Lakers jumped out to what was an ironic and rather appropriate 24-8 lead on Kobe Bryant Day and just dominated. Um, LeBron had 30 points and 10 assists in 28 minutes. He was done and on the bench by the end of the third quarter. The Lakers led as much as 38, and this was their third straight win in this opening round. Um, the Trailblazers just have looked gassed the last two. And I mentioned this already, but it was so apparent. It was it was crazy. It, it was very apparent, you know. Not getting back, a lot of reaching. They were sending. They had the Lakers in the bonus early in the first quarter. Uh, Yusef Nurkic, he had 20 points and 13 rebounds, but he looked done, and a lot of that damage was done in garbage time. Um, Damian Lillard had 11 points before he left with a right knee injury, and. You know, we still don't know what's up with that, but we'll have to see. And he's just been beaten up. Remember, he had that dislocated uh, left finger in game two, and, and now this, is, it's just been a lot. So we'll have to see how he goes. Uh, Anthony Davis had 18 points, 18 minutes. He did leave the game midway through the third with back spasms. I'm sure he'll be day-to-day, -day and they'll keep track on what's going on there. But that was something that happened to him as well. Um, and it, 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 was, it was really not even a game. Lakers led 80 to 51 in the half. It was the most points in the half for Los Angeles in a playoff game since they played the Denver Nuggets back in 1987. And back then, of course, remember Showtime Lakers, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Byron Scott, James Worthy, AC Green, you know, running up and down. And it was against the Denver Nuggets who, let's just say they weren't the bastards of defense. You know what I mean? Uh, Alex English back then, Kiki Vandeweghe. It, 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 was, it was a mess, you know? I think they had um, Fat Lever. Yeah, him as well. So... It was a mess. Um, there was one moment where LeBron pulled up 
from like 36, 37 feet out and drained it, literally from the Blazers logo, almost like an homage to, to logo Lillard. Um, and it was something else. And that at that point, the Lakers had an 80 to 53 lead, and I was like, okay, this game is over. Uh, you know, again, Lillard's out, injured. McCollum's still playing with that fractured vertebrae in his, in his lower back. He's out. And the Lakers have been banged up, too. Obviously, AD, you know, with the back spasms and Rajon Rondo, um, he was also late scratched because of back spasms. During the broadcast, it was said that he tightened up and couldn't continue. But obviously, you know, the Blazers just had so many injuries to key players. Zach Collins is going to need surgery on his left ankle, and he had just returned from a shoulder injury that kept him out much of the season. So this is, again, uh, another lost season for Collins, and you hate to see it for him. And really for the Blazers, they, they worked so hard to get here just to meet at uh, 3-1 a kind of inglorious end. But, I mean... Injuries or not, a lot of people did see this happening, you know. It's a shame that they're injured, but the Lakers have also, frankly, just looked better. And besides injuries, the Blazers have looked gas, and they honestly should be because they played every game as if it was a Game 7. And after nine Game 7s, that's a lot to deal with. So, you know, the, the, the requisite energy that's needed to keep it up is a lot. And to be fair, you know, the, the Blazers kept it up for as long as they could, but they don't have it anymore, and, and, and that's why... You know, uh, game five would be on Wednesday, and and honestly, I'm I'm uh, maybe looking at an inspired level of play, one last stand for the Blazers, but it really comes down to you know whether a hot game from C.J. McCollum or Gary Trent Jr. Uh, or anyone off the bench if Lillard's out, and if Lillard is in, then you hope for one last kind of final push by him, but it kind of looks like the end here for the Blazers and we'll talk about them more you know as these teams get eliminated, we'll kind of go into each one in depth. We have all off season for that, but I'm I'm gonna keep moving on. Um. Bucks beat the Magic 121 to 106. Chris Middleton scored uh, 21 points, 18 in the fourth quarter, which was a blazing hot uh, fourth quarter after having another Chris Middleton start going one of nine over the first three quarters. But he added that with 10 rebounds, um, and that was a big uh, push for the Bucks to kind of get take alive in the fourth. Uh, Giannis had 31 points, 15 rebounds, and eight assists, and that helped. Uh, Coach Bud, uh, Coach Boonhoser said it was just a matter of time before Middleton had a breakout game. I would not consider this a breakout game. I would consider it a breakout quarter. I, it wasn't a breakout game because look at the first three quarters; it was much of the same. And the Magic, they they, they just kind of they they just kind of faded down the stretch, with the exception of Nikola Vucevic, who had 31 points, had 11 rebounds, seven assists, knocked down a big three to keep them in it. You know, um, into the middle of the fourth before the Bucks just got numbers on them and ran away. Terrence Ross had 19 points and seven rebounds off the bench. And, you know, the problem is to start the fourth, the Magic went through a, a dry spell. They weren't able to knock down shots, and that was and that was the issue. Um, by the time they ended up getting kind of back into it, the Bucks were already rolling, and, I mean, at that point, it was pretty much a wrap. Now Milwaukee, just like the Lakers, have won three straight after losing the opener to the eighth-seeded team. Uh, and just like the Lakers... The, Ma- the Bucks can also close this out over the Magic on Wednesday. Uh, just some final notes. The Bucks made 17 threes on 41 attempts. And Giannis has had at least 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in all four games start the playoffs. Except I really excuse game one. I mean, to be honest, the, the Magic did a great job of limiting it and making him uncomfortable. These last three games, he's only gotten more and more comfortable as the series has gone on. And, you know, it's a shame for Orlando. But they, they played as well as I think that they could. Vucevic, though, he's been amazing. 29.5 points per game this series. He's been dominant. He's proven that he's improved from last year, and he has. Um, apparently, Mike Bundo said he isn't too concerned about stopping Vucevic, but his whole focus on stopping Orlando's team as a whole, which is nice coach speak. 
uh, Budenholzer said, and I quote, the key for us is that we are taking away the paint. He's going to make some shots. Ultimately, it's not about Vucevic. As long as our team defense is in a good place, I'm okay with that. But, like, to be honest, it kind of is. Because Vucevic is, is potentially spelling the blueprint of what other teams with shooting bigs or offensively talented centers, both inside and out, will do to Milwaukee. So, no, go no coach, but it's a nice quote. It looks good. You know, it downplays uh, Vucevic's significance. And honestly, you know, when you're beating up the team by 15, I guess the score does more of that than, than your words. But at the same time, let's not downplay it and make it seem like it's nothing. Because that right now it could spell just something for later. It definitely could. And, and, and I'm of the opinion that it does. So... We'll see what's going on there. Uh, the only game that was really relatively close tonight was the Rockets and Thunder. The Rockets and Thunder, and the reason why that was close is because I went down to the absolute wire. But before we get there, let's talk about the the Indiana Pacers who have been swept by Miami, ninety nine to eighty seven. Drogic had twenty three points. Bam Adebayo had four, fourteen points, nineteen rebounds, six assists. Uh, Indiana put up an effort. They did. They just couldn't get enough stops down to stretch. Miami kept beating them to every, you know, loose ball and all these big rebounds. There was one devastating stretch where I think Miami missed three straight shots and got offensive possessions, offensive uh, rebounds on each one of those. And this was with, like, less than two minutes left in the game. No, less than three minutes left in the game. And it was just sad to see it because you're like, okay, you know, if Indiana can get this. It's still like a six-point game at that point, but you could still make things happen, and, and they really couldn't. Indiana did cut the lead, like I said, 91-85, to 85, and that's when the, he got those three offensive possessions, and then Tyler Hero, he scored on a layup, and, and that kind of ended it, and it was it was rough. Um, it was rough for Indiana. There was something that happened with Jimmy Butler. He left the game in the first quarter with a left shoulder strain. He did return after halftime. He had six points in 23 minutes, which isn't really a whole lot, obviously, but he made a lot of big plays on defense. He said the shoulder was bothering him before the game. He was hoping it would cool down, but it didn't. Uh, Coach Eric Spolster called it a soft tissue injury. We'll see how that goes because Miami's going to face the winner of the Magic and Bucks, and you don't want Jimmy Butler to be hampered again in another Bucks series. You know, you want one of your key guys at full strength because you're going to need that against a Milwaukee team. Uh, all due respect to Bam Adebayo, but he is not Nikola Vucevic on the offensive end of the floor. So it's going to take a whole team effort. Um, and the sad thing is the Pacers just didn't come full strength. They had other players step up and, you know, at different points. TJ Warren played well at times. Aaron Holiday had his moments. You know, Justin Holiday has moments. Uh, Victor Oladipo led in scoring a few times. But ultimately, the loss of DeMontis Sabonis was a big deal for Indiana. Bigger than, I guess, even they anticipated Although Coach McMillan said he was our best player this year, and once again in the playoffs, he knew everybody, and it was just a tough adjustment. Honestly, another tough adjustment was just rebounding. The Heat out-rebounded my Indiana seemed seemingly every time that they played, and in this game alone, this closeout game, they out-rebounded them 60-34. to When you take that and you add the fact that Indiana shot 41% from the field, you know, it's not super great. Um, we'll see what happens moving into the future. One... I guess, oddly cryptic quote from Victor Oladipo is interesting. He didn't say too much about his long-term future in Indiana. And he said, you know, I can't really control that right now. I'm not really worried about that right now. My main focus is on getting healthy. And that's weird. You know, you could have said, he, players know what they need to say. You know, even players who haven't been in situations like that as much as, you know, Victor Oladipo, they know what to say. I love it here, you know, I'm doing all I can, my main focus is getting healthy, but obviously I love the city of Indiana, I love playing for the Pacers, I've enjoyed my experience here, I just said, you know, two or three things that they could use, and, and they didn't use, so, you know, who knows where that's going, but the point being, we'll see, 
long off season for Indiana. Nate McMillan in the playoffs with the Pacers is three and sixteen. That's that's not great, y'all. All right, last game. Rockets Thunder. Dennis Schroeder scored a playoff high for him, career playoff high, thirty points. And Oklahoma seemingly rallying again, rallied one more time to beat the Houston Rockets, one seventeen to one fourteen. And it, it took a team effort to really get them all back in. Oklahoma City trailed by 15 to third, and they were down a point heading into the fourth, and that was through some scratching and clawing. But they've all they've led the league already. They've done this before. They've been in this situation too many times to count. They led the league during the regular season with 17 wins after trailing into the final quarter. You remember that one against the Bulls. They've had so many others against other teams where they've done this, and, and you could tell that Oklahoma City has the mental resolve to get back into it. Um, Chris Paul led, led with, behind Dennis Schroeder with 26 points. Shea Gilgis Alexander had 18 and 12 rebounds, and the Thunder allowed 23 three-pointers to the Houston Rockets. Harden had 32 points, 15 assists, and 8 rebounds. Eric Gordon scored 23. Daniel House added 21, but the Thunder stayed in it. They stayed in it. Score was tied at halftime. Thunder shot 47%. The Rockets shot 47.7, and the Thunder shot 47.8. My mistake. The Rockets made their first eight three-pointers to start the third quarter, and they stretched the lead up to 93-80 before Schroeder made a three-pointer, and then Austin Rivers had a foul uh, away from a shot, and that start, sparked a run along with some other shots by the Thunder to make it a 12-0 kind of run for them. Uh, Schroeder hit a deep three at the buzzer, and by the end of the third, it was 93-92. And then late in the game, you know, Thunder had the lead hard and made a three-pointer with 16 seconds left to Cut Oklahoma City's lead 113-111, but then Schroeder made two free throws to ice the game, and, and that was pretty much it. Uh, the Thunder shot 61% in the first quarter, and Paul scored 14 points by himself in the third. He was a big piece. Honestly, though, Dennis Schroeder being able to attack at will, knowing that there was no big man in for Houston in the paint, made a super huge difference. He was constantly going there, and he was fearless. And on the defensive end, and I've, I've talked about this, definitely check out... um. Duncan Dynasty with my, 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 I'm the co-host, Garrett Bougay, but we've talked about one, um, Lugens Dort and his defensive impact on James Harden. And mind you, Harden had a great game. Like, if you look at it at first glance, you go, how you know, Dort didn't do a darn thing. Harden, 32 points, you know, 11 or 25 shooting, but he had six threes. He had all these assists. He was getting such great numbers. But if you look at the game, you know, it was mostly the Rockets doing a better job of getting Dort off of him, um, clearing space and making him free. Um, even sometimes, as, as my friend uh, Garrett mentioned, using him as a screener to force a switch on certain possessions. So the Rockets were, were steering action away from Dort because Dort reminds me almost like Andre Robertson with some added bulk. He stays with Harden. He's dogged. It helps that he's playing right into Harden's game because Harden at this stage in his career isn't shooting the mid-range. He's not even really getting all the way to the basket unless he has a clear open angle. He's using his cadence to free himself for jump shots and, and maneuver room that way. So it's been interesting how he's been kind of getting at it. And when you're playing that way, you know, Harden's still one of the best, but with some of the requisite size and, and energy and the frame to stand up to Harden because Harden is a strong dude, that's what makes it work. And that's exactly what Dort's been able to do. And, you know, I would, I'm would i not going to call him anywhere near a Harden stopper, but he is right now one of the better Harden defenders that I can remember. And, yes, that includes a guy like Kawhi or Paul George or Roberson, you know, back in the day. Although he was he was pretty decent, but I'm saying someone who can also bang with it but not be overpowered so easily. So I, I liked it. Uh, Jeff Green, 
Uh, he finally had a bad Jeff Green game. It seems like it's been his first bad game since he's been to the bubble. So I'm, I'm going to let him have that. But 10 points on 10 shots, not ideal for Uncle Jeff Green. All right, so well, those are the games. Obviously, one team out with the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about them more. Milwaukee, remember, they lead three games to one. The Lakers also lead three games to one. And the Thunder and Rockets are in a dogfight tied 2-2. Today at 6.30, we only have two games. You know, with certain teams being eliminated, we have the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on TNT. And after that, you have the Dallas Mavericks and the L.A. Clippers at 9 p.m. Eastern TNT, all right? Until then, tell a family member you love them. Think about all people. Think about black lives. Think about injustice. Think about whatever it is possible, however big or small, that you can do to make a difference for somebody. Because collectively, it's the only way we're going to get through this. This enough is enough, all right, y'all? Um, do the best y'all can to stay frosty, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.